Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 16th, 2021, and this is The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. <laughs> uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Simler, the music moniker of Grace Baldridge. She's made waves this last week because her EP, Preacher's Kid, hit the number one spot on the iTunes Christian album charts, despite no label or radio play and... Get this, ex- carrying an explicit lyric warning. Definitely the first time I could think of an explicit album has hit number one in the Christian charts. Very interesting story. You don't want to miss it. Oh, can you guys, can you believe it? We are in the second half of February already. Like this has been the, this has been the longest six weeks of my life and also right. the year is already flying. So I, I, it's really bizarre. February 16th today. It's crazy. Can, can I ask something about Valentine's Day real quick? Yes. And I want to see if you guys share this, okay? I'm a I'm a someone who uh, I got a big a major sweet tooth, okay? Like I love candy. Like, yeah, I don't get tempted by yeah. by savory stuff, you know. Like you, you yeah. can have a bowl of Doritos or whatever. It's just not going to do it for me, okay? If it's sweets, <clears throat> I'm all about. And here's my here's my thing with Valentine's Day, okay? It's like we're adults here, right? We're at the, we're we're all at you know the the ages where you know we're not children. We can't just eat a mountain of candy, right? No. Like you speak for you, yourself. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you feel gross, and it's it just it's just not something adults should do, especially in a, in like a season of romance when you're like, I want to feel my best, <laughs> I want to look my best. Maybe eating twenty five chocolates in one setting is it. The candy thing at 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 Valentine's Day, I'm not, I honestly think it's of time to just revisit. Like, can't there be something else? Because if someone gets me Valentine's candy, okay, it's not like Halloween where I could just put it in the family candy area. Like, I, I feel bad giving other giving away my Valentine's candy. Who's that, giving you Valentine's candy other than your wife? That's what I'm saying. Mm. My wife, my kids, every you know, mm. I'm just sitting Make here in a pile of candy. No, at, I got a pile of candy every year, and I feel obligated to eat. Can we come up with a Jamie? You're shaking your head. I told we had this discussion last week at dinner. We have a, a young guy that lives with us. He's 23. He has a girlfriend, and I, and I was coaching him on what to do for Valentine's Day. And I was like, "Listen, do not get your girlfriend candy like that. Uh, just." I don't want candy. Who wants candy for Valentine's Day? That's what you do in high school and middle school. Like you go to the store and you get the heart with a bear attached to it and you give it to the girl you like. Don't bring me candy. I hate it. Also, Valentine's candy is extremely mid. It's not really good at all. It's very low grade. Like even the chocolates, 
they're bad. Like those chocolates are awful, right? I don't eat can. I don't the eat chocolates. Them. The variety thing, yeah. where like half of them yeah. are like that burst of weird cherry thing. They're on awful, right? Are we, yeah. are we right? And yeah, then also, I don't the, like it where you have to bite something to find out what it is. No, I'm out. And like, then the I, messages, the ones with the messages, suck too, right? Are we yeah, right? The, the we, hearts, yeah. The hearts with the messages, they're awful. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that but, out of all of the holidays, Valentine's candy is the worst. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's not right? even close. It's not even close because at least with at least with Halloween, it's just same candy and a spooky oh, package. Reese's, yeah. You right. know what I mean? Like put a, put a, put a jack lantern on there. Got it. I got it. It's same candy. The you know, I, when's the last time I'm going to eat twelve Giardelli chocolate squares in a sec? Like my point is. This. If you give me candy and you're a loved one, I'm going to feel obligated to eat that candy, even though, as we're establishing, it's not all that great candy. Like it's candy. You, I would never like if I'm at the gas station and I got and I got my sweet tooth going. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I wonder if they have any Giardelli chocolates here, or I wonder if they have a, a box of mystery chocolates that I'll go in the car. Mystery and eat. No, I'm going to grab M and M's or something that a normal human just consumes, not just rando candy that I, someone gives me that I'm now if I throw it away, I look like a bad spouse. It's like, oh, my son gave me, my daughter gave me candy. What, I'm not going to be a jerk and throw it away. I'm going to power I through this gross away. candy. I just had two thoughts. Okay, number one, we could solve the gift and candy problem real easy. Money. Just give me money. That's what you say for like, everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what you said for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it works. It just works. And then but also, again, who's given who's given you anything for Valentine's Day? It's that's about cool. you giving Look, your, you want your wife, wife to give you something. money for Valentine's Day. Yes. No. See, that's the craziest thing to me. Okay. Do y'all share a banking account? Yeah, we do. So it's just, your money. Exactly. It's like you could go to the ATM and get your own money. That's okay. Just put it in a gift card. <laughs> in a gift that card. is so funny to me. <laughs> just give me some money. It's cool. I don't even care. Just say, <laughs> just say, listen, we're gonna we're gonna allot you, Derek, to get the PS4 now. Right, you know, or the PS Five. You see what I'm saying? Like it's like, hey, like you don't have to go wrap it up, all that stuff. Yeah. Just be like, look, babe, look, I just can't, treat I, yourself. I just sent you this. Go and go get you, go get you a PS Five. Yep. That's that. And then another thing I thought about is this: Why are all the seasonal candies awful? Peeps, candy corn, those little uh 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 heart things, chalky with the yeah. messages on them. Like yeah. all the seasonal candies are just awful mm. why is that is it was it a contest that's like let's make the worst candy for the season like is that a thing I don't okay, know. okay i got a I got a solution for the money thing jamie you know okay. where it's like if you're giving your your spouse money and you share the same bank account it's just like you know what's the point yeah here's what you do you put it you can put it like 150 bucks whatever whatever the denomination that you want to give you put it in an envelope you hand it to your husband you're like happy valentine's day and you look him right in the eye and go don't ask where that came from and then go <laughs> wink and then they'll be like, <laughs> I don't know what they did for this money, but uh, all right. Okay. So like you know. spice it up a little bit. I don't okay. think that's going to go over too well. Well, uh, just, to, just, you know, kind of um, keeping the holiday interesting. I'd be really disturbed all. if my wife was like, don't ask where that came from. And with from. a wink wink. <laughs> what you be doing? <laughs> hey, hey, little side You got side your PS4, note. didn't you, Derek? You got your PS4. Um, little side note. Aaron and I huh. got engaged 20 years ago on Valentine's Day. Yay, that's... There you go. Throw that's the round it. of applause in there, I know, thank you. 20 years. Oh, congrats. Yeah, throw that round of applause in there. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. Is that, that's a smart man. So now he 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 knows how to... But we you don't know actually really... like. We just... Yeah, it's Valentine's is always weird to me, I think. It's weird? I mean, I, I'm like, I don't... I 
to me, I'm the kind of person like if you're going to get me some for Valentine's, that's fine. Don't bring me like candy and don't bring me something that says Valentine's. Like just bring me like like you said, like I thought of you. So here's this gift. But I want that all the time, not just on February 14th. Mm-mm. <laughs> what's, a good, what's a good Valentine's Day gift? Give me an example. Like, what is something that you would be like? That's what I was telling my friend last week. I was like, hey, get her like a gift certificate to go get her nails done or give her something that she might not spend on herself. So even though something useful, something that she could go and spend a day doing this or whatever. That's what I that's that's my advice. So wait, couples day? Or a day by yourself, like like. I think it depends it on where you thing? are. I think it depends on where you are in life. Sometimes a mom with young kids, she wants a day to herself, yeah. you know. Uh, but I'll take a couple's day. And listen, guys, th- we're too late. We're two days late for people listening. So th- mark it in your brain for next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, we'll move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's slices. listening to Oliver Tree. The song is Out of Ordinary. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2020 was interesting, so let's do a mental health check-in. How are you really? What do you need right now? Therapy can help. Now, what is therapy? It's whatever you want it to be. You can get some tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work, whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. I'm telling you, therapy and counseling has changed my life and so many others. We can't stress enough how important it is and BetterHelp is such a good option. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. And relevant podcast listeners right now can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash relevant. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so I don't know if you guys heard about the hot new social media platform that's actually looking to solve a lot of the major issues that some of the legacy platforms uh, are introducing. You know, one of the things we talked about last week was how, you know, there's this odd relationship between social media use and and happiness. Uh, Well, I want to tell you guys about a new platform that is getting a lot of attention right now. It was recently uh, written about in Fast Company. Uh, Gizmodo did a big feature on it. Vice did a big feature on it. And it's a platform that uh, offers a lot of functionality that we're used to, uh, but it is actually a lot of the people who are reviewing it early on have found that it seems to make them happier in a lot of ways. Uh, the platform is called Space Hay, and it is the invention of an 18-year uh, of, of a Russian teenager. 
And uh, if you were to go check this out, you may notice something interesting about Space A. It appears to be an exact copy of old school MySpace. Oh. Uh, and so this 18-year-old teenager uh, ended up looking through the Internet archives. And after talking with some friends who were older, who were sort of reminiscing about the good old MySpace days, he decided to basically recreate MySpace from looking at kind of old pictures and functionality. And he has a, a standing, a, a working version that actually replicates the look and functionality of old school MySpace. But something interesting happened when these different outlets, like I said, Vice, Fast Company, Gizmodo, a bunch of them started reviewing it. They noticed how enjoyable the experience was of uh, playing around on this platform, especially compared to things like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And here is the re- is some of the reasons why. Well, you know, MySpace for for the unacquainted who didn't have it was an early sort of social media platform where you could set up a profile, you could have friends, you could, uh, you know, upload photos, a lot of the functionality we're used to, but... It also allowed you to kind of customize your page with music and, you know, kind of animation and kind of there was a lot of more freedom than, you know, in terms of the customization options to modern platforms. But what it also lacks is a news feed. And what a lot Hmm. of the reviewers found is that when you strip away the news feed and you take away the social media platforms algorithms, which determine what content it actually shows you. It creates Hmm. this kind of more free, leisurely experience where not just the most inflammatory content automatically goes up into the newsfeed. And in fact, because MySpace was built before monetization was really figured out for these platforms, uh, it strips away all of the insidiousness that has Hmm. made its way into social media platforms. So as these reviewers were kind of kicking around, they all sort of noticed like, one, even though there's lots more customization options, it felt like a much more relaxed experience. The other thing they notice is there's no mechanism to like anything. So Mm. you can comment on somebody's blog, but you can't like it. So all of a sudden, that sort of commodification where uh, different pieces of content are assigned different values based on how much they're liked, that competition feature automatically goes away. They also notice one more key piece of functionality that they say kind of attributes to the sort of the charm of this is... There is no mobile app. In order to go use this, you have to be on a desktop device, which does two things. One, it it requires more. It requires you to be kind of somewhere, somewhat mm-hmm. stationary. But two, it requires somewhat of a degree of t- intentionality. You have to navigate there on your browser. You have to go click through to friends, and it's not just touching one app <clears throat> on your phone interface while you wait in line for groceries and get you kind of sucked in with all these little. It, it creates a, a degree of intentionality. So this 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 kind of clone MySpace side that this site that this teenager set up for a joke is getting all this attention because he may have inadvertently rediscovered what people actually want in social sites and it has nothing to do with all of the bells and whistles big tech has built in to monetize it hmm. that's amazing i'm not even gonna lie that sounds like a place i want to go it's like cheers or something I feel like it is, like you said, like something that people want. But then I'm thinking, but do they actually like, are they willing to give up that scrolling in the grocery line? I mean, I don't know. 
I, I interesting. Don't know, I don't know if it'll totally uh, supplant. A yeah. lot. I, I, well, I, I do know. It, it most certainly won't. Like most people won't make the jump. But uh, I do think it is an interesting reminder of what, you know, kind of drew people to social media in the first mm-hmm. place and how slowly uh, what they call in the tech world scope creep kind of came in and made something that was charming and a fun way to connect with your friends and make custom pages and uh, stay in touch with people into something where it was like a contest where my posts, I wanted to see if it could get this many likes or Mm -hmm. I want to make sure my thing gets shown in this many feet. When it turns out, if you take all that stuff away, it's actually a totally different experience and one that we might all be better for going to kick the tires with again. Yeah, but it's the 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 more terrible experiences become too big of an industry. There's too much money. There's yeah. p- people whose careers are posting and creating content on those platforms. Brands have shifted from digital advertising and traditional advertising to influencer advertising and product placement advertising. It's just like there's too much money now. The machine has gotten yeah. huge. And uh, well, it, MySpace was anywhere. the same way though. There was some millionaires made off of MySpace. Uh, what was her name? Cassie from uh, P Diddy. A lot of, lot of, lot yeah, of big right. artists, artists got, got their, got their yeah, break right. on that. Yeah, but those are talented artists, not just yeah, not just a, a random, not just a pretty girl yeah. who just like wanted to do a makeup nah, tutorial. You know? I remember the girl's name because she had a TV show on MTV. Tila Tequila. Tila oh, Tequila. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She was. Yeah, a, she true. was the. She was like the number one person on MySpace. I think she might have been like the first like influencer of that. You mean she got big on MySpace and then got MTV sh- show? Yes, or she was that in- got okay. her MTV show. Yeah. Like she kind of like that's the thing. She didn't do anything. She just there. was pretty. Yeah, yeah. But they got discovered there and then got real jobs that paid them. Uh, you can make a living with true just being on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. true. You know yeah. true. It, it, and, yeah. I, and, and I don't think yeah, I don't think any of the major platforms are going anywhere anytime soon. And I, I certainly don't think this kind of fun little upstart experiment is going to actually threaten them. But it is sort of a fun way to remember that the roots of this thing weren't all about, yeah. you know, like I said, the commodification of content. That wasn't what it was rooted in. It was rooting with ways, you know, how to stay connected with each other when the the value slowly shifted over the years where even now a normal person posting content thinks of it through the filter of an influencer of, yeah. do I look mm-hmm. at this photo? How mm-hmm. many people are going to like it? Yep. Am I going to get it ratioed? Yep. Is this going to mm-hmm. cause me professional harm? Where the MySpace days, it was about connecting with friends. And when you go and kick the tires with an old platform like that, you know, again, I don't think it's going to actually threaten or replace anything, but I think it can offer a, a kind of a, a fun reminder that social media doesn't have to be what it evolved into. It can be a place, you know, what, I mean, what was MySpace called? A place for friends? Like, right. we, we, if we so look lovely. at... Yeah, if we look at some of these, look at how these algorithms affected how we behave, how we relate to each other, how we're kind of wired to think about what voices matter and which voices don't. I think this, you know, kind of going around and goofing around on Space A is a nice reminder of uh, of how those systems evolved and how destructive they can be if we don't kind of keep them in check. Yeah, that's good. All right, what do you have, Jamie? Well, first, I, I need a new name. Tila Tequila or Talila Tequila. It's so exciting. Like, I need Did a Jamie. Did you not know her? No, I'd never heard of Talila Tequila. 
Tila. I didn't get to watch. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV in high school. She had a dating show. I wasn't a shot, a shot of love. I wasn't Tila, either. Tequila. I didn't see any of that oh. stuff. Look at all of us. None of us are allowed I, to watch hey, MTV. I, I was. I injected MTV, mainlined it as like <laughs> nine year old. I was watching. I remember watching Beavis and Butthead when I was like eight. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Oh yeah, you said your parents <laughs> would let you watch anything. Yeah, yeah no, I did not get to that. Uh, okay, so here's what I got today. Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I hate um, roller coasters. In fact, I think when I was listening to you guys' show last week, you guys talked a little bit about this and how, who was the guy that was on Tuesday? Tom, Terry, Thurman? Trent Dabbs. Trent Dabbs said he went and went to a, a, a you know, a, a, what do you call them? A theme park. Yeah. And Jesse's yeah, like, I want to find, point. yeah, I want to find like the TV watch. I do not like roller coasters. I think hmm. I'm going to die. I'm the person that when I get in, I'm the one calling the attendant over to check my lap belt like three more times. I'm holding up the whole ride. I'm like, are you sh-? Literally. Last time I took my kids, my kids were like, mom, stop. And I'm like, can you check it just one more time? Like, are you sure it's done? I hate roller coasters. I'm convinced I'm going to die. Well, there's a new world's fastest roller coaster that's being built at a Six Flags theme park in Saudi Arabia, actually. It's going to be done in 2023. Falcon's Flight. Uh, it's going to be the world's longest, tallest, and fastest. It's going to go 155 miles per hour. I, I <laughs> There's nothing in me that thinks this sounds fun. Does it sound fun to you guys? Yes, I love roller coasters. Oh, my coasters. gosh. Derek? I'm good. Jesse? Yeah, I'm, 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 be... I'm, with, I'm with you, Jamie. I, 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 don't, I just don't get on them. I have bad vertigo, though. Like, oh, it, like says, Jesse's too cautious too, right? Well, well I'm not, I, dude. I have a weak stomach. Hey, Cameron, <laughs> we've d- d- traversed oh, the yeah. desert in a in a jeep together, and you saw what happens in my stomach if it gets, you know, a little too bumpy, a little too fast. Just it's a day yeah. ruiner. I call a roller coaster <laughs> like that a day ruiner. Where in the moment I'm like, this is a blast, and then they're like, well, now I'm gonna feel like I need to barf all day. Thanks a lot. There's 80 bucks gone just because I'm gonna walk around. <laughs> All sick all day you know so, that, so that's my reason yeah. yeah it'll last about three minutes and you're going to go almost two and a half miles obviously because you're going 155 miles per hour but that is new 2023 if you're planning your next trip to saudi arabia you could go visit this new six flags uh park and ride the fastest roller coaster i'm out but the, here in orlando you know we have a lot of rides but uh they're building This new thing that they're building is like there's this area of town where they're just building like individual rides where you can just go. There's like restaurants and whatever. And then there's just a ride you can ride. Like you're just walking downtown. You could get like a drink. Not downtown. It's on International Drive. It's down by the convention center. But yeah, it's just like something to do. You don't have to go to a theme park. And so what they're doing, though, is this developer is building the world's largest or tallest versions of whatever the rides are. So right now they've opened the world's tallest spinny thing so you sit like in the chair with hanging by the chains and it Mm -mm. spins around in a circle it goes up 450 feet Mm -mm. and you're flying around like this and then it just comes back down dude i was reading the other day because you you can see it from the interstate so every time we drive by i'll say to my little kid i'll be like hey you want to go on that he's like no (laughs) you know like he's scared of heights and it's 450 feet you're just up there in a chair swinging around no somebody somebody flung off it the other (gasps) day and died oh my gosh thank you yeah. This is why I'll yeah. never do it. Oh my gosh, that's I'm so good. sad. It's not that. And then not they're they're building the world's tallest roller coaster, and it's going to go straight up 500 feet like a tower, and then just kind of twist its way down the tower. No, like you know what I mean, all the way down no. 500 feet. 
though. Can you imagine a 50 story building? I'm out. That's crazy. No, yeah, that is. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I don't want to imagine. And <laughs> yeah. I, I will I have, not. Oh, imagine. and they're doing the world's tallest slingshot, you know, where no. like they pull you down on the jump and it's going to be like 600 feet tall and you just fly up and then you're boing, boing, boing. I'm just mad <laughs> that you kind of brushed over the fact that somebody got flung off of a, uh, one of those rides and you're like, yeah, so and we got multiple rides that could it's do really the same sad, type dude. of thing. I know. It's sad. It's but like sad. you I mean the theme parks people die all the time because they do silly not silly. They do stupid things like somebody will go on Space Mountain, which is a very tame roller coaster at Magic Kingdom and you'll find out that somebody cuz if you it's an indoor roller coaster and so you're going all around like this big metal truss structure, you know? And somebody stupidly will try to crawl out from under the mm-hmm. harness and stand up and they get decapitated. They hit the, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah. well, it's not yeah. that the ride was unsafe. It's you're an idiot. And I, that's apparently what happened with this person on this other ride. They tried to like crawl out of the harness and then be a daredevil and then they died, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Still, though, um, <laughs> even so, I'll I'm just be confirming at why Jamie doesn't home. like roller coasters. Nope, I'm out. I'll be at home. Man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that one. All right. What do you have, Derek? Yeah. So in uh, 2021, Spanish can send emails. So. Yeah, what is uh, that? Yes, apparently. Spinach. Yeah, I don't know. So apparently because of the root uh, system that spinach have, they can, uh, uh-huh. they're can they pretty well connected. So they are able to sense carbon in the, they, they so I guess the scientists inject nanobots into the spinach and the spinach are able to determine whether there's like a lot of carbon into the ground and then uh-huh. they send an alert to the doctors uh, that there's carbon in the ground. So we're all going to die uh, because for some yeah. reason we want to keep doing stuff like this, just like Neuralink, <laughs> your boy, you know, Elon is, on, is, yeah. is, is doing, you know, nanobots are here. And they're, in, and they're in our spinach. They're they're Wait, they're so, my, uh, robots that are really 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 small. You can't yeah, see and, them. Look, and I I think I think for this one in particular, it, it was sort of meant as like almost like a PR thing to kind of show you know that people could sign. I, and, for, and I could be mistaken, but I think part of it is kind of like signing up for alerts that th- these actual crops are sending emails to let you know that carbon levels are getting to a dangerous uh, 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 you know level. Uh, but that ain't an alert I want. Yeah, n- 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 yeah. I think that the heart behind it is to raise some degree of awareness for uh, carbon levels and 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 you know climate change. But nanobot technology is also very cool, but somewhat terrifying as well. It's it's, it's very scary. Like you can't see it. You can in, they inject it in the in the spinach to send messages and emails like. Do you do you eat the spinach with the it? nanobots in it? I don't. Nah, it's it's for live spinach. Like they're in the ground, right? In the rooting system, right? So I guess once you pull the, I, I don't know if the nanites are still in the spinach when you pull it out of the ground. Maybe it is. I had spinach for lunch yesterday. I might ate some nanites. They might be sending you know emails what? from my stomach. I have no <laughs> clue what's going on. I just know that this is beyond me. Like, I don't get the, it. I want the regular world back. You feel me? I but you know what? I could see down the road. Think about it. A hundred years from now, somebody's sick. They inject them like a shot of nanobots, and the nanobots go into the body system and go and repair the DNA of the thing 
the cancer cell. That that that's, I could see that, that. That's not even hundred years from now. That I mean, they already. It's ten years from well, now. Well, yeah, I mean, they already have some nanobots that are that uh, have you know can deliver medicines and things like that. Um, it, it's basically like germ-sized um, uh, robots. robots that can be programmed to do cellular tasks, which is pretty crazy to think about. It's Isn't terrifying. that what the yellow school bus cartoon did? They would they would shrink down to like cell size and then in, go into bodies right. and yeah. right, up the nose, <laughs> right up the nose, do a little biology lesson, yeah. pop yeah. right back out. Now here's what they here's now here's the terrifying implications of the magic school bus. So that <laughs> yeah. school bus comes back to life. At the wrong time, we're talking full-on disaster for whoever knows they flew up. I don't know if anyone thinks about that. It's a kid's show. Just I don't, the person I don't want to be grizzly. I don't want to be grizzly. You got, a, you got a bus full of children, okay? Zipping around. Hey, everyone, let's learn about the small intestines today. Oh, it's all fun and games till I lose track of time. Like, oh, hey, kids. Who wants an up-close look at the gallbladder? They're like, okay, we're doing a field trip? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to shrink you down. We're going to zoom up this person, unsuspecting person's nose. And we're going to get a real close look. And you're going to have a real great understanding of biology. It's a great adventure. Come on aboard. And they're like zooming around. And they get a flat tire in there. And all of a sudden, trips delayed. Trips delayed. You better hurry up and change your tire. My clock says we got three minutes. It's about to get... The kids are going to be fine. The bus is going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be really, really bad for this person whose gallbladder I'm looking staring down the staring down the pipe at. Get out of here, Miss Bliss, Miss Frizz, Miss Frizz. Get behind the wheel and drive with a flat tire now. Now it is going to be. A grisly scene, very, very quick. It's about to. We're about to go from a lesson in biology to a lesson in CSI crime scene investigations. It's oh going to get God. gross. Get the bus out of here right now. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, similar joins us. You're listening to SZA. The song is Good Days. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Gary Spaldridge is a singer-songwriter who performs under the moniker Similar. Her new EP, Preacher's Kid, came out of nowhere to debut at number one on the iTunes Christian charts uh, without a label or any radio play a couple weeks ago or last week. But what really caused a stir is the album's explicit label and the fact that she describes the EP as, quote, a project about coming out as a queer person of faith. 
definitely a very interesting artist and project to be at the top of the Christian charts. Probably the first we can think of uh, like it. So since we cover the intersection of faith and culture here at Relevant, we wanted to reach out to her and learn more about her music and her story. Here is our conversation with Grace Baldridge. My mom turned 18 in the 1960s And she doesn't remember Stonewall To be fair, she can't own a beer kid That the bricks launched at police Would compel me to exist And I think about that now down the ballot The ones I love and I don't know Thank you for taking time to talk to us. I, I know it's been a very busy last few days, so I appreciate you making it. Has it been a busy? I assume it's been a busy last few days. It had, yeah. It's definitely been a different past few days than like a week ago. <laughs> it's very different, um, but it's been really exciting and encouraging. And I set sort of a, a goal, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to crack like top 40 in Christian music with this project? And, and I was even like a bit shy about revealing that to too many people. Like, you know, I I worked pretty hard on this, but this is, I recorded everything at home, like on this USB mic. So I, I understand that my resources were limited, but I think that night when we started seeing, um, not just that it was on the charts, but I, I think also just people really resonating with the music was, I think that was just really surreal. Um, and it's, I, it's like the most personal music I've ever written. And so you sort of assume like no one else is going to get this, right? Like this is me. (laughs) And so it's, um, I think that has been like the most encouraging and heartening, um, is just that other people seem to be listening and being like, no, I like, I really get what you're talking about has been like, that's just been wild. It's all you can hope for as an artist, you know, to feel understood. Isn't it weird how it's such like, it almost feels trite to say, but it's still weird when you reveal something that feels so personal and so unique to yourself. And that's the thing that ends up being what connects. It's just, it's like an old lesson, but it's still like, it's like, oh yeah, there's a reason this is a, this is like a truism. Oh, I know. I can't believe it. Like I put out Jesus from Texas as a demo on my SoundCloud. I was never going to like share it anywhere else. I just wanted, I was really going through it. And so I just wanted to share it and kind of get it out of my system. And sometimes that's how I am when I write. Just if I just finish the demo, I'll just put it out there. And then just seeing people identify with it. And then also recognizing in myself that I was like clearly tapping into something I needed to write about more, but I didn't, I thought at the time I was like, this is bad. Like, let's just, just say it. It's too obvious. Like it's just so blunt, but like, you just need to say it and get it out there. And now it's a song I'm just so fond of because I think it was so honest and I think I needed to be at that time. Well, it struck a nerve, obviously it did with me too. Um, do you mind if we go back a little bit and talk about the, uh, the, the orchestra? Can you tell me a little bit about your growing up experience? Sure. So uh, I grew up in Waterloo, Belgium, but my parents are American and my dad is an Episcopal priest. So I grew up in the rectory and yeah, I mean, pretty much just like typical like church kid upbringing. I would think, you know, we're going to church multiple times a week. The church is kind of more of a clubhouse for me than like a sanctuary for other people. Um, And I think also I was raised in a very accepting household, even though he didn't talk about things explicitly. And 
I also, you know, I wasn't ready to come out to my parents when I was a teenager, but I was still very exposed to a larger church culture outside of my very like loving bubble from my parents that was not accepting and tolerant. And that was really confusing. And I think it was especially confusing because I also grew up on Christian music and CCM and that those messages were sort of um, platformed by artists that I just like thought the world of. It was really hard to like watch. I would tune into like conferences or like they would, you know, back then it wasn't like really live streaming. You just have like YouTube videos after the fact. And because I was living overseas, I couldn't attend Cornerstone. So I'd like watch all the conferences later or like the whosoever's conference or creation fest or whatever. And you'd be, I'd be like sitting there, like watching these conferences, feeling so excited. Like these are my stars. And then like someone would get up on stage and just start preaching this message next to like my idols about just, just something that was against who I am and who I knew who I was. And that was like really confusing. And it also made me just second guess my parents, even though I knew that they loved me, I was like, well, maybe they're just not saying it because they don't know that I'm gay. But if they knew, then that's, they'd be saying the same things as like this person was saying on stage. So Hmm. yeah, so that's kind of how, that's how I grew up. And you know, I got a swerve. that relationship with faith and even with like that word Christianity, what has that been like for you since how has that changed or evolved since you were a kid? Yeah, it's changed pretty dramatically. I think most it's changed the most within the past, like two or three years, Hmm. because that's when I really started becoming comfortable, like fully being myself and accepting myself. And as soon as I was able to stop putting on like costumes for the world and really just be who I have always known God created me to be, then I started being able to pour over scripture in a new way and start the process Mm -hmm. of deconstructing um, just all the colonialism and the white supremacy that has become baked into Christian culture in the United States And that was not like available to me when I was so concerned about like what the world thought of me and if I was presenting in a type of way. And now that I'm really, I really feel like I'm, my foundation is just so solid in that I'm really walking in who I am and just for the first time, like able to be the same kid that I was on the playground just as an adult that I have been able to have this new divine experience because I'm allowing myself to ask questions and to have doubt. And, and I'm not forcing this true believer um, expression on me that isn't authentic. I'm not saying that that isn't the case for other people, but for me, like I'm filled with doubt and I still come back to prayer, you know, and I still come back to my Bible, but I wrestle with weird questions all the time. Like, I always am like the person in communion who's like, this feels like we're in a cult. I always think that. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, this is a weird thing that we're doing. <laughs> like explain this to an alien. And I think that's okay. And I think that there's room for like humor and comfort and anger in faith. And that, so I think that 
you know, I really have grown a lot. Like the person who was going to the mission trips and praying at youth group and all this stuff, I was never fully present. Some people today would have looked at that person and been like, that was a great Christian. And I was the furthest from God I've ever been. Did you ever, as you were processing all of this, um, uh, I don't know if you'd call it trauma, but it sounds like trauma. Um, as you were processing all this, did it ever, did you ever think like, well, maybe Christianity just isn't for me. Maybe there's not a place for somebody who has these thoughts and is this way in the Christian faith. Yeah. I still think about that sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's really tricky because I don't have any memories outside of sure. being a Christian and I definitely wrestle with, have I been programmed to believe this in a certain way? I was never given an option to know any other type of way mm -hmm. of belief and belonging. So when I think of praying to God, part of my deconstruction has been like, okay, you need to stop thinking about God as like this dude on a cloud. Let's start there. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it is really difficult because I know that there's been so, so much systemic harm caused in the name of the same God that I pray to. And yeah. how do you reconcile that? I'm not sure. I'm currently, like, I'm working through it. I'll get back to you one of these days. <laughs> but, where I, but what I can tell you is that at the end of the day, almost like I kind of throw up my hands and I just arrive at this point of like, it's you and me again. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it is. I don't, I don't know how we got here. You know, I have a lot of questions about that. It doesn't make it easy. I don't want to be ignorant to harm and abuse. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when I'm saying my prayers before sleep, it's just me and you. And so wh where do we go? Yeah. Cause no one ever pitched the Greek gods And I don't know why not I think that Athena'd understand me But my chips have fallen My Messiah came calling But what if he'd not Would my soul just ride So when did you start? Uh, when did you start playing music? I started writing music um, probably when I was like five or six. In my head, I would write little jingles and stuff like that. And I've been writing music for a long time, but I only started taking myself seriously as an artist probably about three years ago. I, I've been okay. putting out music for a while, but I think the past three years was when I stopped telling my friends not to listen to it. <laughs> I used to like put out music and I'd be like, don't listen to it. It's not good. Like, it's fine. Like, it's whatever. And I think that I've been writing the past three years. I've just been writing more than ever. I think it, it's no accident that like, as I sort of got comfortable in like my gender expression and just in, in who I am, that I was able to write um, in a, in a way that I've never been able to write before. And just with this, mm -hmm. um, motivation and inspiration that was totally new, I just always feel like I have something else I could explore and, and whether that's just like different chord structures on the piano, I'm just so curious to, to dive into this. So I think the past three years has been when I've really pushed myself as an artist to get better at the instruments that I already knew how to play and also to hold myself accountable. You know, I released this all, I'm like my own team. And so like yeah. meeting those deadlines, like setting this up, aligning this release, you have to take yourself seriously as an artist for anything to 
you know, be worthy of someone else's time because you have to invest sure. in me and, and listen to whatever I've put out. So I, yeah, so I would say about the past three years has been definitely a turning point for me. You tell a lot of stories from your past childhood, um, adolescence, it sounds like to me on this. And one thing that has been sort of difficult in my life with my own writing that I think you do very well is talk about um, people who may hear this and hear things about your story, their interactions with you that may be kind of that hurt you. Is that difficult to know that there are people who might hear this, who who you care about, who are maybe not portrayed in like a super flattering light that you're open about how wounded you still feel from some of those interactions? Uh, yeah, that has not been easy. And I think it's the reason why I put Jesus from Texas as a demo first, mm-hmm. um, because I put a snippet of it up on an Instagram story and the friend a snippet. It just said, I'll spend the rest of my life tearing down the Jesus from Texas. He put in a crown. That's the only thing she could have heard. And it was like me driving in the car, listening to the new mix. And we are not really, we're not speaking and it is her. It's really hurtful. And she knows this and we, we know that it hurts. And she messaged me and she was like, Oh, like you have a new song coming out. And I messaged her back and I was just like, you know, um, it's actually the least obvious part of the song about you. <laughs> and um, we haven't like spoken since. And I know that I like to know that sh- like we have said so many times how much we love each other and how much this hurts. And I've also set a boundary of like, I haven't done anything to you. I've been a good friend to you. And you can always call me. I am always going to pick up my phone for you, but I am not going to like, I don't have anything to apologize for in this regard. Mm -hmm. So it has been, that part has been very weird. I think mercifully, since we're not really in touch, I don't know how it's gone. And it's the same thing for, for other people as well. I don't really know exactly if they know certain things are about them, but it's definitely, it's vulnerable. I won't lie, Tyler. (laughs) It's a little scary. (laughs) As you have started to find some success, what are you seeing now for the few, like, are you going to keep releasing albums on the Christian iTunes charts and see if you can get another number one? Or what do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely want to keep releasing music. I'm hoping I can release another, um, song sometime this spring that I've been working on. And I think I'm not saying that every single release of mine is going to be a Christian project. I know that this one very much for me was a Christian expression. So I wanted to list it in a way that was true. And I can see myself writing from this place again, because I do feel this is just where I'm inspired right now. Like this is just where my heart is at. And there may come a time when there I'm grappling with something else. And then that's what I'll write about. And I might list it differently. But for now, um, nobody gets to gatekeep a genre and I'm exploring my Christian faith and I'm deconstructing my Christian faith. And that belongs in Christian contemporary music. And I don't really care who doesn't like it because if the, not all music doesn't have to be for every person. It means something to some people, and that, that isn't that just what art is? It's subjective. They're just sad to keep killing the good men.
That was Grace Baldridge. You can find her similar EP, Preacher's Kid, anywhere you listen to music. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. Take my head in my hands. This wasn't constant. Feel my feet on the earth. You've taken my warmth away. No, 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 you're listening to Goat Girl. The song is Anxiety Feels. Hey, if I was a goat girl, I'd probably have anxiety too. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last, well, two weeks ago, I guess, we got talking about our dogs. Uh, my dog's name is Charles Barkley, and uh, Jamie's na- dog's names are Marfa and Landry. Very Texan. That's right. And we we wanted to know y'all's favorite or y'all's creative dog names. You hit us up. Uh, all of these, actually, we we didn't we didn't even uh, post this on uh, the relevant podcast Twitter account. These are all from the relevant magazine Instagram post replies. Here's a few of our favorite dog names. Okay, uh, Jess Paul says this, and you guys, I love this because I used to say I wanted to say my dog this. So he says this: When I was growing up, my grandpa had a dog named What. So if someone asked him what his dog's name was, they'd just have a really awkward conversation because it'd be like, hey, what's your dog's name? What? No, what's your dog's name? And then he also had pets named Guess. So what's your dog's name? Guess. And then he also had a dog named Ask Him. So they would say, what's your dog's name? Ask him. <laughs> that makes oh, me that's laugh. Funny. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, a little who's on first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can show you the document in the very first business plan for Relevant Media Group. The magazine's name, Relevant Magazine's first name was that magazine because I like the idea that people go, I really like that magazine. What magazine? That magazine. Are you uh, it, happy or sad that you didn't go with that? I literally, listen, I had Relevant Books, Relevant Media Group. I, we had the website, thatonline.com and thatmagazine.com. It was all happening. And we were about a year and a half after we launched the company. A friend of mine pulled me aside and said, dude, you got to change the name to Relevant. And I was like, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do. And so I changed it to Relevant. <laughs> I love it. It was like, I didn't even dawn on me. I had Relevant books and I should have Relevant magazine. Anyway, That's I really like that magazine. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. So Carla, not Carly, uh, says our dog shelter, our dog shelter name was Chewy. And I considered making his official name Chewy Lewis. <laughs> But instead, listen the news. Chewy Lewis. But instead, went with Charlie Chaplin. He's black and white after all, and looks nothing like Chewbacca. Some other faves are Napoleon Bonaparte, Buster Rhymes, (laughs) and Chimichanga. So those are those are cute. You, you, you could name my dog if I had a dog. I, I, I like this one. Yeah, somebody said that their friend's name was Han. So they got a golden retriever and they named it Goldie Han, which That's is funny. perfect. <laughs> I like to think they intentionally bought the golden retriever just to have mm-hmm. a Goldie Han. You know, good Goldie for Han. good That's for them. Good. good for them. All right. Well, there's a lot more that came from. Go check it out on the Relevant Magazine Instagram post from two, two Tuesdays ago. Uh, okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, we got talking about old school social media. And a lot of us had old school social media prior to 2009. Uh, got us thinking about those those original social media handles we all had. Uh, your AIM, Insta Messenger handles, <laughs> uh, MySpace handles. We want to know your first 
You know you remember it. We want to know your first old school social media handle. And if it references a lame early 2000s emo band, the better. I was going to say, yeah, how many how many old school tooth and nail bands are about to get like shout outs <laughs> from like Goaty Hook Lover 94 or whatever, yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and also the Relevant Magazine Instagram post for this episode. We'll read our favorites next week. Well, before we wrap up, I mentioned it on briefly on last week's episode, but I want to make sure you all know about what we're doing with Deeper Walk. We launched our daily devotional series in, in I, I would say in phases. We started posting daily devotionals every morning about a month ago. And then uh, we started the Deeper Walk newsletter where you can sign up and get those, uh, get a devotional at the top of your inbox every morning when you wake up, which actually I really appreciate because you roll over and grab your phone. Having that first email be just a few minutes of, you know, meditation and spirit, spiritual engagement. It's pretty awesome. And now we've launched a Deeper Walk podcast. Now, this whole thing, Deeper Walk, is brought to you by our friends at Lumo, an amazing organization. Uh, they created a visual gospel uh, videos. You can check out their YouTube and all that. But they are the ones who are helping uh, present Deeper Walk. So we have the po daily post, the email, and now the Deeper Walk podcast. The Deeper Walk podcast is every weekday. It's the it's an audio version of the written devotional. So if you're a reader, read it. If you're somebody who loves to do a morning walk or uh, you know want to have a de five minute devotional on your car ride to work, then maybe the podcast is for you. It's called Deeper Walk. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Go check it out. It's really cool. And it's actually the first of maybe several new podcasts relevant we'll be launching this year. Well, thanks to Grace Baldridge for joining us. You can check out the similar EP, Preacher's Kid, wherever you get your music. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm DJ Derek Minor. <laughs> was that your aim name? Yes. Tell me your first aim name. My, my, DJ my, Derek no, Minor? No, nah, my, my aim name was like DJ something stupid. I don't even remember, but... Come I was on, trying to be. I it. was trying to be cool, man. I think it was like I don't know, DJ DJ Fly or something like that. You know what I mean? Like some <laughs> something really lame in two thousand. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Kids, who wants an up-close look at the gallbladder? Relevant Podcast Network.
Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get fast and free shipping at Amazon.